Do you like apples? Yeah. Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? Goodwill Hunting, coming up next. Welcome back to Nerd is the New Cool. I'm Justin, and with me is Cousin Bob. How are you? I won't call you Cousin Bob the whole time, because that's weird, but <laughs> you are my cousin, and your name is Bob, so welcome. We are here to talk about Goodwill Hunting. It happens to be the 25th anniversary of this film. This was kind of your idea. Why Why was it your idea? Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. Robin Williams is one of my favorite actors, and... Since we were uh, tying everything into uh, the anniversaries for the recent episodes, I figured this would be a good one to cover. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is, I don't know if you want to call this like Robin Williams' comeback, but I think that he was really popular in the 80s. We can talk about that later as far as like his peaking, but this was certainly like a really amazing revamping of his career, right? Oh, yeah. And I don't know that, I mean, I guess good, good, um, what was it, uh, Good Morning Vietnam is, is a dramatic role, but he's such a goofball in it. Like I just I always think of him as a comedic actor, and then he does movies like this. And yeah, like Dead Poet Society and uh, yeah, Patch Adams and oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. He 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 actually he he does a lot of good stuff. He's pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, 25th anniversary. I think the first thing that comes to mind when I'm thinking about this movie is just the whole Affleck Damon connection, right? So let me give you a kind of real real quick breakdown or like background information about that. That, um, you know, so according to a parade interview from 2007, Affleck apparently first met Damon in the early 1980s when they were both eight or when they were eight and 10. And they lived two blocks away from each other. They grew up in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and uh, they both went on to attend the Cambridge uh, Ringe and Latin High School. So again, growing up together, here's some fun facts. In 1989, they're both extras in Field of Dreams, which I don't even know where there are a lot of extras in Field of Dreams, but maybe the ending scenes when they are, I mean, I have no idea where the hell there'd be an extra in that movie. Maybe they're in like the stadium. Oh. Or I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway. It was uh, in Boston. That Yeah, you're right. So it, that's probably what it was. September 1992, they had their first legitimate movie roles together in School Ties where Damon plays a, well, kind of a, uh, how, how do I put this nicely? He's pretty much a bigot, <laughs> uh, hates Jewish people, um, and uh, that's pretty pretty rough. And then his buddy, of course, is is uh, Affleck, who ends up kind of, well, I guess he kind of has a similar role as well. Um, 1995, they acted together in the movie called Glory Days. Have you ever seen that? I have not. Me neither. Um, but it was true. And then in 1997, they both appeared in Chasing Amy. Have you seen that? We have all seen Chasing Amy. <laughs> okay. Chasing Amy is a very good movie. And um, yeah, so then they go on and they co-wrote and co-starred in this movie, in Good Goodwill Hunting. So kind of a cool way to grow up. The first thing I remember seeing Ben Affleck in was a little show in middle school called The Voyage of the Mimi. Did you ever get a chance to... I've never even heard of it. That wasn't showed to you in middle school? No. Well, you should check it out. I went to a pretty trashy middle school. All right. That's fair enough. I, w- well, I went to Wentzville. So. Okay, okay. Well, basically the premise of it is that he's 
he's on a boat he's shipwrecked and he has to kind of fend for himself he's like a little kid so it just i don't know i don't know what's supposed to teach us about like it's kind of like castaway but for like a middle schooler <laughs> and not quite as dramatic <laughs> anyway that that's where i met him and then the next thing i remember him from is uh probably dazed and confused that was my first okay yeah and matt damon what what comes to mind when you think of matt damon oh my god I mean, for me, uh, <laughs> what's the South Park creator's uh, puppet movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Team America, Team World America. Police. <laughs> Matt Damon. That's fair. I-, I would say it's probably Courage Under Fire. That's the first thing I remember him from. He was just so skinny and gaunt. Do you remember that? He like comes back. He's like traumatized. Yeah. So I, we I have to, of course, mention Miramax because Miramax was the was – a, was a, obviously they produced this movie. They released it. And you got to throw out information about Harvey Weinstein. And I hate to do that, but, you know, it's you know it's got the elephant in the room a little bit. So let's just kind of throw a few things out there. I don't think we've really talked in great length of this, and we're not going to spend a ton of time. But there's a lot of stuff that kind of circled around this movie with Harvey Weinstein. And so Kevin Smith, we all know Kevin S- Smith, that um, he actually claims that Harvey Weinstein wanted to pull this movie from the screens in an attempt to mess with Robin Williams's career just to basically sabotage him because he knew this was going to be a huge movie to kind of bring him back. I mean, none of these things are going to surprise you. No, he's a piece of shit. Right. And he also said that, and here's kind of the big reason why, is that um, Robin Williams had a back-end deal that said if the drama grossed over $100 million, Williams would cash in a larger portion of the profits and split that money with Miramax. So basically, Weinstein didn't want him to get that money. Yeah, surprising. Minnie Driver claims that she would, uh, she never would have starred in Good Will Hunting had Harvey Weinstein had his way. So basically, um, he was just kind of a giant, I mean, obviously a huge creep. And she alleged that in an interview with the U- UK Times that he disgraced that that um, apparently the, uh, like, what's his name, Weinstein basically told the casting director that she shouldn't be in there because, quote, no one would want to F her. <laughs> And that, and that's, I mean, and that, that's so fucked up. Um, I, I, I'm not gonna stick up. There is probably so many pieces of shit in Hollywood behind the scenes that yeah. talk that way, though. Right. Well, <laughs> unfortunately for him, it was made, and she's incredible in it, and it made a ton of money, and Robin Williams got his got his stash, and now Weinstein's in jail. So it all kind of worked out in the long run for the good people. Um, of course, we already talked about Robin Williams, but we we do mention we should mention you know, R.I.P. He died in on August 11th, 2014. All right. Let's stop talking about the sad stuff and the terrible stuff around this movie. Let's talk about the good stuff. So let's get into the categories. Category one, real quick summary. According to IMDb, Will Hunting, a janitor at MIT, has a gift for mathematics but needs help from a psychologist to find direction in his life. It came out January 9th, 1998. and has a runtime of two hours and six minutes. I didn't think it... It did not feel two hours. No. It's like a pretty quick watch, all things considered. Like, it's not exactly a, an action movie or, or, I mean, it's a pretty, pretty, like, a lot of dialogues driven, like, drama. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's just, it's fun. It's silly. And then it gets serious at times. I think it goes pretty quick. Here are some rankings. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 97% with an audience score of 94%. That's pretty freaking good. IMDb. And, I, and I, this just proves how fucking shitty IMDb is. And really the people that are on IMDb. 
and some of the reviews they write, fucking douchebags, they gave it an 8.3, which is still a good score, but compared to Rotten Tomatoes and all these other rating things, anyway, puts puts it in perspective a little bit. All right, next category, the Spielberg Award for directing goes to Gus Van Sant. So what do you think of when you think of Gus Van Sant besides this? Honestly, I don't know much about him. I think of uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back when he, he did that. Well, he's in it because they're doing they're walking through like the movie studios at some point, and he's there and he's just counting money. And Matt Damon, <laughs> that was and, him. Yeah, it's actually him. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are like, hey, hey, we're trying to make this. What was it called? Um, uh, hunting season. Yeah, <laughs> good old hunting, <laughs> hunting season. He's like kind of busy, kind of busy, man. Like he's just counting cash. So that's that's what I think of him from. He also did uh, Finding Forrester as well as Milk, just to name a few um, films that he directed. I think I recently heard too that he direct like he started by directing like music videos. Really? Which I think a lot of big directors have maybe dabbled in that back in the you know back in the eighties and nineties when music videos uh, yeah. were. Thriller was. Uh... Oh, who the hell was Thriller? I don't know. I, I can't think. Oh. Uh, um, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Shit, I can't think of it either. Um, that's that's pretty brutal. All right. We have to actually pick some people now. Well, not, not really in this one. Tarantino Award for Writing. It was Again, we mentioned it was co-writ- co-written by Matt Damon and then Ben Affleck. So we're not going not gonna to choose a winner. But this next category, we have to pick one. So Tom Hanks, best leading uh, role. So I've got written down um, Matt Damon plays Will. And I've got Robin Williams as Sean. I'd go with Robin Williams. Yeah? How come? I like Matt Damon's character, but Robin Williams, I think, just steals the show in this movie. Yeah, I, I would kind of agree. He's got just this presence when he's on screen that it's just like, I mean, we'll talk about awards and stuff that he got later on. But, um, yeah, he, he kind of does steal the scenes when Matt Damon's on there. Matt Damon is pretty great, and I think that when Matt Damon's on the screen with Affleck or anybody else, he's obviously the center of attention. But, uh yeah, let's go Rob Williams. Next category, the other four Jackson. This is going to be harder. Secondary cat- characters. Who are our favorites? We got Ben Affleck plays Chucky. We got Stellan Skarsgård, who plays Lambeau. Minnie Driver plays Skyler. Casey Affleck plays Morgan. And Cole Hauser plays Billy. I would go with Ben Affleck, Minnie Driver. Well, okay, Why? Ben Affleck actually has kind of an integral part into uh, kind of guiding Will. Mm-hmm. As as much of as I could, like a adolescent shithead as that he is, he's also the one telling him like, if you're here with me in 20 years or whatever it was, like, right, you haven't lived up to your potential. It is interesting that he almost becomes like the the angel on his shoulder. He's like a guiding light, <laughs> as opposed to the devil. He, yeah. he, like he, Damon almost is like he's the devil himself. Like he's the one getting in his own way, and Affleck eventually comes comes around. And is like, yeah, you you got to get the fuck out of here, man. What are you doing? Yeah, I am going to actually choose Casey Affleck though because he is fucking hilarious. He is. He's he's got a co- very comical role. He's got some of the best lines, which when we get to quotes in a little bit, we'll talk about that. He has some of the best lines in the <laughs> entire in the entire movie, and he and he has such a little bit part. But he really he really like capitalizes on those those zingers from time to time. It's crazy how he went from like little bit parts to yeah where he ended up. Yeah, I mean Academy Award. Pretty sure he's Academy Award winner. Anyway, um, okay, backup singers. So a couple people that are on here. 
I had George Plimpton. He plays the psychologist, the one that he's he goes, ns, ns, yeah. ns, that, that psychologist. And then, uh, fun fact, <laughs> Kent Damon, who is Matt Damon's dad, plays the uh, the chess player. Oh, I didn't know that. Makes a little appearance, yeah. I mean, I think I think the psychologist is pretty freaking hilarious. Yeah. He's so startled. And uh, anyway. Okay. This is going to be hard to pick because the next category is the John Williams category for music. So Danny Elfman, we've talked about him multiple times on this show. He does the score. But Elliot Smith is pretty much the soundtrack. So what do you like better, the score or the soundtrack? Because the score is pretty beautiful, right? There's a lot of – Yeah. It's it's a lot of like uh, – I'm trying to think of that movie um, – like American or not American Beauty, but a Beautiful Mind. Mm-hmm. It's kind of there's a lot of the math scenes that kind of give that, and it's like, I don't know, it's like a very uh, upbeat, like I can't even think of like the style of music. I mean, it's classical, whatever it is. But man, Elliot Smith, some of those songs are just bangers. I would say I, I'm a I'm all about the sad music, so uh, yeah, Elliot Smith's <laughs> gonna win that for me. Well, I mean, they are, they are sad, but yeah, they are actually really. Sad. I'm not even gonna try and. Try and sugarcoat it and talk, talk about how they're not sad. And he committed suicide with a knife. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he stabbed himself. Like, I don't know how more psychotic and sad you could be of a person. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, his music is beautiful in this movie. And so we're going to give, let's give it to, let's give it to Elliot Smith. All right. This is going to be hard to pick this next, this next category, which is the scene, the best scenes. All right. Scenes nerd out on. So I'm going to go through, I tried to like pick out my favorite, but. I almost kind of like picked almost like every scene. So, so I'll just kind of, I'll, I'll give you a rundown. I got about 12 of them here. And then if you have more add on the, just the whole intro of Will and Chucky at the bar, like basically they're on this there. And that's, that's again, they're, there's, there's kind of getting each other shit. It seems like a typical Tuesday night or whatever it might be. Um, then the little league baseball game and the fight, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's, that might, that might be the spoiler. That might be the winner for me, but, uh, same thing. It's it's like you're getting to understand like all of the relationships of the four guys and how they know each other, and also how they like, well, fucking kill kill someone for one another. The uh, the Harvard bar, and the whole, um, you know, conflict with the with the smart MIT guy, uh, Harvard guy, and then how do you like them apples? The then then we jump to the hearing and and we're seeing kind of how smart Matt Damon is, but also his rap sheet. He's in jail. Uh, he has makes the phone call. He finally makes bail. Then, I, as I mentioned earlier with the psychologist, we've got like the the therapist sessions, like the montage of the therapist sessions, and he's just basically fucking with all of them. And eventually, we get to so now we got the first time he meets Sean, and Sean basically like threatens to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> I will fucking end you. And then that leads to the the next scene, which is them on the the bench, which is the your move chief. Um. Kind of a scene I forgot about is the the, the uh, when they when 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 Affleck goes to the the big corporate office, posing as Damon, posing as oh, Will. Yeah. He's going retainer, <laughs> retainer. Anyway, he doesn't come off intelligent at all. No, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, he's what do you say? I just I just say that your 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 situation would be strongly more improved if I had two hundred dollars cash in my pocket right now. Just saying. Don't they give it to him? Yeah. You're suspect. <laughs> you're suspect. Keep your eye. What do you say? Keep your ears to the grindstone. Um, 
So then we've got Will and his whole monologue about being offered a job at the NIA, and he get, you know he says he turns it down. Then we have the Will and Sean. They have the the heart to heart finally, um, and then you know call, what does he say? He goes, "I'm gonna go tend my sheep, tend my flock." All right, see you, Bo Peep. Uh, we got the Will and Chucky heart to heart, which was basically what he tells them to fucking get it, get, get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean and Lambo, they have their their conflict at some point. It's not your fault. I just put I just put it's not your fault that scene, and then kind of like the the car. He gets the car. All the guys are saying it's good. It's a good car. It's a good car. That's so those I, those are the scenes. I can't, I mean I, I again I kind of have most of the movie on there, but what of those? Or do you have any more to add? Um. You have you would do the 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 Sean and uh, Will heart to heart is a good one. I the thing I like about that scene is you see how much Robin Williams hurts, how how much he's actually hurting internally while he's also guiding this kid mm-hmm. uh, back from the brink of you know self destruction. You see how much he actually misses his wife. Um, you know it's it's a real relatable. Uh, it's a real relatable monologue and uh, character. Um, to hear him discuss his his deceased wife in such detail. What what is it? it uh, my wife used to fart in her sleep. Mm-hmm. That that from that on, you you know, I think it, it. My favorite part of it is uh, she knew all my little peccadillos. Mm-hmm. I I love that part because it it, it is the we all get to choose who we let in our weird little worlds. And I, I don't know if there's a more accurate statement because no matter how close you and I are as friends or anybody else, I'll never know you as well as Jana does. And you'll never know me as well as who I ever end up with. So yeah, that's the scene I like because it's just so intimate and relatable. Well, that's good. I, I love it. I, I didn't expect you to pick that. That's very emotional. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with the, <laughs> with, with I, I, I do agree with you. That's an amazing scene. And it, makes the ending even more impactful but personally i like the i like the little league the little league game the little league's like, pretty funny why are they at a little league game they're rooting on these kids they're so into it they're drinking they're drinking <laughs> <laughs> and then they just go beat the shit out of this guy I used to used to used to beat up will in kindergarten yeah i um, mean it's pretty fucking pretty fucking great the other one i like and it's it's actually just a look that robin williams has is when sean Robin Williams' character attacks Will in the office, and oh, yeah. he has him by the throat because he's stepped. He, you could, like I said, back to his wife. He's overstepped his bound, you know, the boundaries. Has him by the throat, but also there's that realization of like he lets him go. And as Will passes him, you see that look in his eye of like, "Fuck, I just like, I really fucked up and kind of broke any trust I could probably build with this person." Yeah. That, that's that's probably not the best way to react when you're in a psych a psychologist office. No, and it it was that look of like, and I I bet you've done this too before. You're not in the greatest mood or you're depressed, and you go out with your friends, and somebody's trying to cheer you up, and you give them that like fake laugh and smile, and then they you're out of their eyesight, and your face just kind of melts back into like how you're feeling. Yeah, that's what I feel. Robin Williams did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he's incredible in this movie. That's pretty. That's a pretty good scene too. Next category: the Heath Ledger Award for scene stealing. So, I think we can't pick Matt Damon here. Shouldn't pick Robin Williams. Who else? Who else comes in clutch? Ooh. I think it's Affleck. 
Affleck's really good there. I'm I'm trying to think if uh, Ben Affleck, but to be clear, Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah we <laughs> forgot there's two of them. In I, here. I mean, I, listen, Casey Affleck. I, I know I did give him the the award for secondary character, but it's because of all the one-liners. I think Ben Affleck is more of a presence on screen. Mini Driver has some really good scenes, but yeah, it's got to be Ben Affleck. Mini Driver is really good in this. Like she's like she's like the the girl next door vibe mm-hmm. when she's in. I, I think Mini Driver is fantastic. I, I I've only seen a few things she's in, but she's great. It's crazy that Weinstein said that about her because yeah, you know, well, it, he's just a fucking. If they're supposed to be like small town, like uh, I shouldn't say small town, but like Boston locals, like you're not gonna have fucking Heidi Klum. Well, in the bar and like, oh, that's just normal because you know we see those every day around St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, all right, the next category, Dante's Peak. So, let's talk this out here. We got to figure out if if the peak of the mountain for these for these guys. Um, first up, I've got uh, I've got Matt Damon. So let me kind of rattle off some of his things. This is harder than I thought it was going to be. I really, I kind of was like, oh no, I don't, I know the answer. And as I was going through these, I'm like, fuck, I don't, I don't actually know. Courage Under Fire is 96. He does The Rainmaker the next year, 97. This is a 97. Saving Private Ryan is 98. Rounders is 98. Ocean's Eleven is 2001. Born Identity is 2002. And he does a bunch of Born movies. And then, like, basically the next big one is The Martian in 2015. Didn't he appear in Interstellar? I don't know. Maybe. I think he's on the, the plant, The Rock they land i think he's one of the uh the astronaut that they lose and they have like the fight scene while they're trying to get off the island or not the island but the uh the planet and i've only seen the movie once interstellar are you sure i, I thought he was well he's, he's definitely in the martian which is I, you know, that's kind, definitely kind of kind of kind of similar movie um i i kind of lean towards like i feel like i think the answer people would say blockbuster wise is born identity I mean, he takes over this entire like franchise. And he's yeah, in, like, and it, it's still continuing. It's still going him. on. Yes, he was in Interstellar. Okay, there you go. So I think that as far as like box office success, the answer is Born Identity. I'm not sure that's his best acting. I think that I would actually probably give that either to round. I'd probably give that to Rounders. I've only seen Rounders once, but I remember him. I do remember him in it, so that's saying something. Those late '90s. I mean, he's that's when he, he's coming up, but he's just like. He just hits the ground running with that. Preston Private and then Ocean's Eleven. And even though he's like the third lead in Ocean's Eleven. Didn't he? Uh, uh, what was that HBO show that you sh- used to love? Uh, it, it was like an oh, it was Entourage. Didn't he make an appearance on Entourage one time as I'm like a sh- director? I'm sure he did. They're all in that. <laughs> Everyone's in that show at some point. Um, okay, so Born. I will just say Born. That's the answer, I guess. What about Affleck? So so. Do you have an answer before I even read all these off? What you think is his, like, the peak of when he's just making it happen? God, he's been in so much shit. Yeah. It's definitely not Gigli or Batman. Um, <laughs> no. no. <coughs> well, I'll rattle some stuff off. Mall Rats, he does in 95. Chasing Amy, he does in 95. This is in 97. Armageddon is in 98. Pearl Harbor's in 2001. Some of All Fears... I mean, that's a freaking Jack Ryan movie. 2002, also the worst one probably. Argo, Argo Fuck Yourself in, I, t- in 2012. Gone Girl in 2014. And then Batman's in 2016, Justice League's after that. I, I'd have to say Argo. I mean, that's his best acting. I, I, because I've always kind of hated Matt Damon. 
Mm-hmm. Or not Matt Damon, uh, ben, ben Affleck. Affleck. Yeah. And Argo made me actually kind of like him. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. Um, I, I think, because he wrote it too. Yeah, I think that's I think that's his best acting. I think though that the movie that is, I don't know if this is the biggest box office, but I, I'm probably Armageddon. He's for, he's going toe to toe with uh, Bruce Willis in that one. Yeah, he's pretty good, but Argo's a not even arguably it's definitely a better film than than Armageddon is. I love Armageddon. You just like it for you think it's a fun watch. Yeah, you don't. I I can't get past I I can't get past Liv Tyler. Oh my god, it's fucking okay. Well, her bucket mouth just <laughs> it fair fucking enough. throws me off. Fair enough. All right, well, Robin Williams is the next person. So you got to say this is his peak because he wins an Academy Award for his for his acting. Um, I I I do think that there's something to be said about Mrs. Doubtfire and how popular that was. That have you ever watched? Have you watched that since we were kids? Uh, probably. I, I watched know. it like two years ago. Yeah. So it, well, it's incredibly funny. <laughs> But it's actually like really emotional and sad. Is it? Oh, what is? It is. He lost his kids, and he's yeah. having to like basically dress up to be able to. I was like, am I tearing up during Mrs. Doubtfire? It's, it yeah. is. Yeah, I am. It is sad. All right, so we'll say this, but we I think we agree. There's some other movies he was. I mean, Dead Poet Society. That's a little bit early in his career, but that's he's he, that's a huge part that kind of launched him. Um, or Mork and Mindy. <laughs> uh, you know, don't forget about that. Okay. Next category, Quoth the Raven. So what are some of our favorite quotes? Um, well, I got a couple here. So, uh, the, and this is this is coming from Matt. For this, is, this is funny because this is Ben Affleck saying this about Casey Affleck, and it's really early in the movie. He says, I mean, how many more times can I sleep with my, my best friend's future wife? <laughs> uh, and then Casey Affleck says, he says something, and then he, the girl notices and he goes, oh, I swallowed a bug. <laughs> that's a, that's a quote I say a lot. Um, this is kind of Sean and Will going back and forth. Sean says, "Why? Well, oh, this is when they're. Oh, this this is a really emotion emotional part. Like po- talking about when he's talking about his dad and like he give him the options yeah. of what to use, like a belt fuck him, that's or why. a wrench. Yeah, he says I got to go with the belt there, and, and Will says I used to go with the wrench. Why the wrench? Because fuck him, that's why. Yeah, fucking that like gets me choked up a little bit thinking about it. Um." There's uh we'll see this is Will, yeah well I the, the apples quote obviously is like the most iconic one I think right how do you like you know I got a number how do you like them apples I seen? can't I can't say it without saying it with a with a really bad Boston accent I can't I don't like that scene anymore yeah why I saw Louis C K do a bit on it on his last special okay and it was he breaks it down and makes it so bad and stupid when you hear him do it you're like oh my god he's right it, well it is fucking <laughs> it's really it's stupid so. But it is well known. The last line in the movie, "Son of a bitch, you stole my, my line. line." That's which was improvised. Was it really? Yeah, uh, wasn't written in the movie at all. That's fucking cool. It's just like that. My wife farted in her sleep. That wasn't in the script. He did that, and they were all genuinely laughing. Yeah, I mean that guy could. He could. He could improv like nobody else. And then he would tie it into the script, like. Like he would put that stupid little line and in front of such a serious part and mm-hmm. make it work and fuck they don't even cut it. Yeah, 
So the next category, you're canceled. So what will we need to get rid of if we remade this again today? There is, I mean, let's just say in today's society, there's a lot of toxic masculinity going on in this movie. I think that would probably be cut out a little bit. There's also like some pretty clear homophobia, like some of those lines we, we, we yeah, would I've, need to need to Hollywood, tread lightly around that. Hollywood would definitely not allow those anymore. Well, I don't even think that, and I don't even think that. I mean, maybe it'd be Hollywood, but I don't even think that Affleck or Damon would write that in there anymore. It'd be it'd oh, be no. it'd be a little bit different perspective. If but they, if they were early twenties young men now, they yeah. would have a totally different perspective. Sure. Yeah. But other than that, I couldn't really think of anything else. I was kind of going through, like, what – I mean, upon the rewatch, everything seemed – like, the movie holds up really well. I would I would calm down on uh, – it's not your fault. They, they probably said that a little too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, but, I mean – You could probably get away with, like, three of those. But, but Will, Will's got this, you know, shell, right? He's got this whole shell. And he's, he I, does, I, I mean, he, mean was, like, he was definitely abused and has some sort of, like, PTD, PTSD oh, from it. fuck yeah, he does, yeah. Okay. This is a fun category. This is Lambert's favorite category. So another Spider-Man again. Who would be in it if we remade it today? Ooh. So let's start with Will. Who's a good Will? Who's who's someone that can play kind of, I don't want to call him a bully, but he, he's, he doesn't shy away from a fight, but he's also like this very brilliant person that doesn't want to be smart. Damn. It's hard, right? Yeah. I only wrote down one name, and I'm not especially happy with it. But I'm just gonna—I'll just say Tom Holland. I was trying to look at some—I was looking for someone that's like in their 20s, that's really young. Um, I think he could pull off the 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 like you said, like the traumatized part. Like he could do a really good job with that. I'm not sure I believe him as someone who is uh, gonna whoop somebody's ass. Go picking fights with people, right? <laughs> like a confrontational, because he's very confrontational. He's like, "Fuck you! I'll if you want to throw down right now, let's do this." Damn, I don't know. It's I, hard. I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. I think a young, mile, younger Miles Teller could probably do something like this. I think even like a younger—I mean, I know these are like cliched names. But I'm thinking like Michael B. Jordan, like he could be good in it. But it, we're talking like ten years ago for both of them. If like Zac Efron like didn't have so much bulk, <laughs> Zac Efron, because he's fucking jacked out of his mind right now. <laughs> I'd say Zac Efron. Same thing, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I'm just, I guess we'll go Tom Holland. All right. This is fun. Sean. Who can play Sean? I got I got three names here, and I, I like all of them. One of them I really like. The one person I was going to say is dead, so it doesn't matter. Who were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say, like, it, like, five or six years ago. Like, it, hell, even now, if he was still alive, would be Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, oh yeah, fuck yeah, he could really do it. Yeah, he'd be very believable. I kind of went a different way. Well, I guess that's not true. So one of these is kind of similar to him. I, I I said Leo. Okay. I think Leo could maybe do some of this a little bit. That's my least favorite one. Jack Black is my next answer. He's got the he's got the comedy, but he can also be kind of serious and like the yeah the lo- the lovely teddy bear. If you can be funny, you can be serious. Yeah. My favorite though is Mark Ruffalo. I, I don't know why I just I picture Mark Ruffalo in this character as this character. I could see that. Well, I'm not sure he can do the funny stuff, but um, I could see him being this older statesman confidant. The character would be different, but it would be it'd be a good. He'd probably do a good representation of. Yeah, it. I mean, he might be a little bit too neurotic. Like I think that Jack Black is maybe a little cooler. 
than Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I kind of like that. All right, Skyler. Who's a good stuff? Skyler. So I've got two. I've got Haley Steinfeld. Do you know who she is? Uh-huh. Um, and then I also got Anya Taylor-Joy. I do not know who that is. So she's from, like, the Queen's Gambit, that show on Netflix. Okay. Um, she's also in that new movie, The Menu, with Ralph or with with Fines. Is she the one that makes it away that asks for a cheeseburger? I haven't seen it. Okay, but I but yes, <laughs> I'm I guess so. This she's like the main character. Okay, I, I I think that I think that she could pull that off. I think actually Haley Steinfeld could pull this off really well. I'm trying to put it. I'm trying to think to myself. I think Emma Watson would have pulled it off. Okay, a little bit older. Oh no no no! She's she's young enough to she's do still, it. She's still. Young. I'm trying to think of someone who could who could tell that joke that she tells. Oh. Give her give her a kiss that yeah. that one, and I think that I think Haley Steinfeld could do that. And I think Emma Watson could pull it off too. But then also like have that, but have like the emotional, uh, you know, range to then be able to pull off that scene where he's like trying to leave, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Don't you don't have to leave." Yeah, I think Emma Watson would be good. Uh, Perks of a Wallflower, and she was also then you have her comedic side with uh, "This Is the End." She's, she's funny, and this is the end. Okay, Chucky. I, I've got I've got one on here that I th- I really like it, um, and and one is again older. So I, Miles Teller would have been good at this mm-hmm. years ago. He could have played both roles, Will or Chucky, in my opinion. Do you know Dakre or I always say his name wrong? Um, Dacre Montgomery. Dakey Dacre Montgomery. Yeah, I like him for this role. Yeah, I don't know how well he can do a Boston accent, but I mean, in all fairness, Matt Damon doesn't. Is a little over the top with that Boston accent. Yeah, which is funny too, because they're like from it's that like area. It's like you're from that area, and you guys, it's like I, I, they're like hamming it up. It's, it's like it's like that commercial when when they had John uh, Krasinski and Chris Evans all doing it recently. It was like a, like a Volkswagen commercial. Well, did you catch like when you were watching it the other night? Did you catch like Robin Williams' subtle accent that he would yeah. add it? Like yeah. it was real subtle, but you'd still hear the Boston in there. Like he's like he's from Southie, but he's not. He's he's removed from it. Yeah, and they the way Affleck and uh, um, Matt Damon do it, it's it's almost like you and I trying to do a Boston accent. Right. It's but it's so over the top. <laughs> it's like, so over like, the almost top. like intentionally. Next category: to stream or not to stream. So, do you think this is better as a TV show? No. But you would watch this TV show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, with the same cast, yeah. This could be, I mean, well, hold on. Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe it's the same cast, and it's like now it's 20 years later. And maybe Damon comes back to Southie, and, like, he's hanging out with his with his gang. Yeah. I would watch that series for sure. That would be, it might turn into a comedy at that point. It definitely would have to be a comedy. <laughs> have to be a comedy. I don't know what else, what's the conflict there? It's got to be a comedy. And it's just basically every week they're just getting into shit and going to bars. Like he made a bunch of money while he was away. Yeah. Oh, he's it. definitely fucking loaded. <laughs> and he's loaded, so he's just, he's just fucking with people uh-huh. at this point. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Tomorrow is another day. So what happens next? So he, here's here's some kind of fun facts. So I don't know if you knew this, but the original version of this movie that Affleck and Damon wrote was a thriller. And it was actually about a genius from South Boston, but it focused primarily on him being aggressively recruited, recruited by the government. And like he kind of goes off, and I don't know if he does missions, but eventually that's like so. It's it's like this, this thriller type action movie as opposed to what it became 
this drama, right? <laughs> totally different. I mean, I guess it's kind of the same concept. I don't think they would have done as well. I don't think so either. That's probably why they changed it. And he, and here's what happened. So it was a project at Castle Rock at, at a certain point before Miramax got it. And it was, uh, it was uh, I think it's Rob Reiner who suggested they drop all of the thriller stuff and focus on Will and his therapist. Um, and then director Terrence Malick actually suggested they end the film with Will going out to California to follow Skyler, which is obviously how it ends up. Yeah. So good suggestions by both of those people. Um, do you think that he gets with Skyler? How long does that relationship last? Is it is it forever? Is it quick? That might that might be a forever. Oh man, I could disagree. I think it's. I mean, I think he would fuck it up with his, yeah. all of his trauma. Yeah. But she seemed to really want to ride it out there for. But I don't know. If, I don't know if riding it out for a year is the same as riding it out. For... I'm calling it six months, and they're done. No fucking way. I I'd give it maybe two years, and. I think for that last year, she's like, how the fuck do I get out of this without getting hit? Right. No shit. <laughs> so where does he end up working? He would sab- he would self-sabotage himself. Uh, yeah, but I think, he, I think he does a CIA or something. He's got to do something like that. It's either that or he's like, I'm a fucking union plumber and I'm just going to keep my intelligence. Yeah. Could go that route. I, ho- I hope not. I hope he takes what, would take what Chucky told him to heart. Like go yeah. go make something of yourself. Is it with that his his knowledge? He probably could learn how to be a plumber in like two weeks. He probably already knows how to do all that shit. All he did all he did was read a book. He and just read, like, he just read fucking, a book and retained everything. Yeah, I'm just a genius now. Or I know everything. I'm an expert. Uh, okay, so nerd facts. Here are some some fun facts about this this film. Ones we haven't shared yet. So the first shooting, the first day of shooting, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck actually started crying. Um, and because the first day was the scene between Robin Williams and Stellan Skarsgård, and uh, they were doing Damon's and Affleck's scene verbatim that they had written and waited five years to make happen. Is that Alexander Skarsgård? It is. Is their dad? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought he, I was when I watched it the other night, and I meant to look it up. I was like, I wonder. <laughs> yeah, it's Alex Skarsgård, and then Bill Skarsgård, who like was in it. Yeah. Um, a bunch of other shit too. Yep. Quite an acting family. That's a hat I'm wearing. Oh, it is. You're right. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Look at see full, full circle, guys. When Matt Damon was in his fifth year at Harvard, he was actually in a playwriting class, and uh, the culmination of it was to write a one-act play, and that's when he started writing this movie. So that kind of all goes back to to Harvard. Be up some smart kids. The you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but let's verify the lines in the scene where Sean's talking about his late wife's Farney antics, all mad libbed. Matt Damon was laughing so hard because he didn't know it was going to be happening. Um, but you can actually see the camera shaking because apparently the cameraman was mm-hmm. laughing as well, which I don't know how. I always I always lo- like look at these, watch these movies and shows, and I'm like, how the fuck can people on set like keep it together? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I, I could not do that. Now, maybe if you're doing it over and over again, but that's the fun thing about ad-libbing. Speaking of ad-libbing, Casey Affleck also ad-libbed most of his lines. Um, and Matt Damon, Affleck, Ben Affleck, and Gus Van Sant later admitted that Casey's improvised lines were much funnier and better than what had originally been written for him. <laughs> so that's why <laughs> his lines are so good. Um, yeah. So let's see what else. Um the oh, at the end of Good Hunting, Ben Affleck's character Chucky is happy to find that Will's left. Um, and actually, there was a 
there was early on it was they they had pitched that Chucky would die in a construction accident um, during the movie, but they kind of felt that that wasn't maybe the best idea, even though Van Sant was kind of like pushing for it. But eventually, that he came around and was like, "No, nah, it's not a good idea. Let's not kill him off." I mean, do you need that much trauma? It was yeah, that would just be kind of an overload of sadness. Yeah, no shit. Only four people have ever been nominated for acting and writing in the same year. Matt Damon's one of them. The other three, Charlie Chaplin for The Great Dictator, Orson Welles for Citizen Kane, and good old Sylvester Stallone for Rocky. That's a, that's a pretty good list to be on. <laughs> Chaplin, Orson Welles, and then St- Stallone. Um, kind of funny. Um, when Robin Williams and Matt Damon were shooting the scene on the bench in the public garden, um, it seems like they're the only people in the park. However, at some point, there were over 3,000 people circled around watching the scene, which doesn't even seem like that many people, but I guess 3,000 people in a park is a shit ton of a lot of people. I would have stopped and take pictures. You, yeah. You definitely would have been. Um, and finally, here's what's kind of what's pretty cool. In 2014, after Robin Williams died, the bench in that garden where he and Matt Damon had their conversation actually became an impromptu memorial, and people left flowers, quotes, items, and uh, apparently there's been a petition to try and put a statue of Robin Williams there as well. Huh. That's pretty cool. All right. Inner nerd thoughts. Did we learn anything from this movie? Did you learn anything? Yeah. I mean. What'd you learn? I, I, I think you learned that uh, it's okay to feel certain things. Um Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. I mean, it 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 definitely makes you feel better about like when you're having a shitty day, like to just embrace what you're feeling and ride ride it out. Like, yeah. I mean, I I I think it's actually interesting because it's a movie that kind of head of the head of the game as far as like thinking about like mental wellness mm-hmm. and just dealing with, like you said, PTSD or depression or or even just like just a fucking crummy upbringing. And like, there's always redemption. Yeah, you know. I mean, to have that that sort of knowledge, just being a genius, but also having that traumatic of a background. Yeah. Like, what a fucking whirlwind life you would live. Mm-hmm. I got something that's kind of a little more more silly. Um, do you remember when we used to say "get on" when you were talking about like having sex or whatever, hooking up with a girl? No. Oh well, that was a thing that you, people used to say back in the '90s, and like, I'm, I, I just. <laughs> I wrote down, remember that? Yikes. Like, I gave, like, that was a thing that I used to, like. Get it on? Not get it on, get on. No, I don't. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get on that girl. Oh, Like, it's, you think about, like, what it really means, it's fucking awful. And I can't believe that was a thing. Yeah, but you, you were high school, late 90s, and I was early 2000s, so. It's not that much off, but yeah, anyway. It had changed a little. It it gives me the skeevies a little bit thinking about it. (laughs) And I just want to make sure that, like, we reiterate, fucking, man, Elliot Smith, that dude was good, man. Fucking some of those songs are so amazing. Like Miss Misery, like I can just sing it in my head all the time. I, I there's so many amazing songs. Um, what is it, Angelus? Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, the impact. Let's talk about the impact. So this movie had a budget of ten million dollars estimated. Worldwide gross of over two hundred and twenty-five million dollars. God damn. It's fucking crazy. Uh, litany of awards it won the best actor for supporting role by Robin Williams won that role Matt Damon and Ben Affleck won the best um, writing for a screenplay 
screenplay written directly for the screen. It was also nominated uh, for Best Picture. It was Matt Damon was nominated for Best Actor. Minnie Driver was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Gus Van Sant was nominated for Best Director. Pietro Scalia was nominated for Best Film Editing. As I said before, Miss Misery was nominated for the original song um, from Elliot Smith. And then Danny Elfman was also nominated for Best Original Dramatic Score. So, Do you know who won Best Actor that year? No, I don't. Let's find out. So here is who won Best Actor that year. Jack Nicholson for As Good As It Gets. Okay. Also up against Dustin Hoffman for Wab the Dog, Peter Fonda for Yulee's Gold, Robert Duvall for The Apostle. I mean, Jack Nicholson, that was kind of a, I mean, it was a good, it was a, I don't know, man, Matt Damon probably should have won that one. I was going to say, after you read that list, I'm like, mm, Yeah, I, I mean, they, I mean. I think they fucked up. I mean, actor in a supporting role, Ron Williams, obviously amazing. Burt Reynolds for Boogie Nights, though, like that's, that's a coin, coin flip for me. Helen Hunt won Best Actress for As Good As It Gets that year. Man, they were giving all shit for fucking good as it gets. I like that movie, but um, Kim Basinger won Best Supporting Actress for L.A. Confidential. Man, Juliana Moore should have won that for Boogie Nights that year. Fuck, she was so good. Um, I'm just saying. I, Boogie, I mean, you know Boogie Nights? I, that movie is fucking incredible. Should have won a lot more things. This is also the year of uh, Titanic? That's not right. Is it? Oh. Yeah, okay, all right. Costume design, Titanic. James Ca- James Cameron won director for Titanic. Okay, that's fair. Which I guess that makes sense. I, I'll, I'll give it to him that, that year. That's, that's fair. Um, who won, uh, let's see, who won the original original score? Anne Dudley won it for the full Monty. That's, I mean, it's not bad. My Heart Will Go On. Won the best original song was, for fucking Titanic. I, I kind of already figured Come that on, one. man. Titanic wins best picture. Nominated against As Good As It Gets, The Full Monty, LA Confidential, and this. Yeah, I don't know. Some, some, some of those are rough. Some of them make sense. I mean, they was just all about Titanic that year. And Titanic's a good movie, but, like, I don't know. I got feelings on Titanic. You make a three-hour movie, everybody... Gets all excited. I, th- I think the most egregious thing in this series is that my heart will go on <laughs> one that, and I think Miss Misery should have won that for sure. But it is was what it is what it is. Lisa got. Mean, there's definitely more people li- listening to Miss Misery right now than my heart will go on. At least I fucking hope so. I would I would think. I don't think a lot of people are jamming out to to that song. <laughs> but a bunch of sad dudes in their car. But you never know. Well, Miss Misery <laughs> is not exactly. Oh, yeah. it's that upbeat, but. My God, yeah. listening to fucking My Heart Will Go On in Your Car. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. I might do it on the way home to see mm-hmm. what it feels like. You should. And call me or FaceTime me when you're with your with your tears running down your cheeks. <laughs> like it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> it felt, well, It felt bad. Well, honestly, that movie, this movie's great. I know we uh, did a dive on it. I, I think that, I mean, who hasn't seen Good Will Hunting at this point? I'm not sure. But if you haven't. Go check it out. It it really does hold up after this many years. I mean, it's been 25 years since it came out, and upon the rewatch just last week, there was nothing that I was like, "Oh, this needs to be changed. This is so weird. I can't believe they did that." And I don't you don't even notice things like technology. It's not even a part of the movie, which that sometimes is like what is glaringly obvious. Doesn't matter at all. 
that's what I think. Just it's a beautiful movie. Yeah. Well, I've, what I forgot is that he he actually solves two math equations. Mm-hmm. He oh, they, remember they were uh, trying to figure out who they were like come forward. They had like all the students in the uh, yeah. And then they go out in the hallway, and he's solving the new one that they had just put up. Right. And then he runs away. I forgot about that part. He's solving all, t- solving all types of shit. He's so- solving riddles. <laughs> and sitting there with a the fucking mop bucket. Yeah, he's going, this is fucking, <laughs> what does he say? This is uh, this is fucking easy for me. I'm sorry that you you're, you can't figure this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be demoralizing. There's yeah. Some guy, it's like, you know you're smart, but this guy is just yeah. fucking light years He's like, I've you. spent my life on this. It's like, it's not my fault. You're, you can't fucking work this out. <laughs> All right. Well, good will hunting. Thank yous, Bob. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. That was fun. Um, obviously, we love our listeners, so please rate, share, etc. Um, tell us everyone. You know, tell everyone about us on, on the socials. We got Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz, Twitter, and also YouTube. Check that out. Um, our next episode, we're going to be doing a little last action hero, a classic that many people don't talk about. And they certainly should, because it's a fantastic movie. I haven't seen that movie in a while. Go watch it immediately. (laughs) Until next time, see everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.